It's the show the establishment warned you about. Yes, it is. This is the Dr. Tommy Show, broadcasting live from the free state of Florida. I am your host, Dr. Tommy McElroy, and this is... Hi, I'm Tracy. Tracy is the other host, and we are back here today and uh, enjoying uh, this cool weather we have in Florida down here in the free state. Uh, got a lot to talk about today. Most of it's got to do with vaccine stuff, uh, and some of it's got to do with... Uh, Oh, this uh, baby that was handed over the wall in Taliban or to the Taliban. I'm sorry, to the to the soldiers in Afghanistan and ended up, I guess, changing hands to the Taliban. Anyway, so uh, if you were not watching the news yesterday, you may have not heard, but most of you probably have heard that the Supreme Court has struck down the OSHA mandate for the vaccination uh, requirement for companies over 100. Mm-hmm. It's good news. And, but they upheld the, uh, the uh, CMS mandate. Right. So if you are a company that accepts Medicare and Medicaid payments, you, then you are required. They can require you to get your vaccine. I don't know. I'll tell you why I did. Except I, for in the state of Florida? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just so, so confusing. Is you have these states' rules and the federal rules, and then they say it's a, if it's a federally, federally funded. But that, to me, that means like it's, a, it's like the, the federal government runs it, not necessarily that. Like, let's say we took Medicare, which we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we would not be federally funded. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know. Right. I don't know what the real upshot of all that is. Right. But if you take payments from Medicare, Medicaid. Do you, are you required now to still be vaccinated? Would that be the case? Because if know. that's the case, then. I know that in the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis has said that you know that companies cannot do that mandate it but you would think the supreme court would have the ultimate say right well it would come down to whether it's a federal law or state law and which takes precedent and in some cases uh the the constitution has limited uh, constitutionally the federal government is supposed to be very limited in what they can do when it was designed that's the way it was designed and then later on, we started adding all these things like the Commerce Clause and, and all these other clauses that now we are able to use, we meaning everybody, not me necessarily, but people use to tie uh, together um, things that aren't necessarily what, like for instance, under the Constitution, under the Commerce Clause, if you are a farmer in uh, Kansas, you cannot sell your crop individually without being regulated by the state because your little bit of crop that you have from your farm impacts interstate commerce. Therefore, it falls under the purview of the government, the federal government. So I don't know what that, basically, I don't know what the, Mm -hmm. anyway, the the two uh, uh, swingers on the uh, court, uh, Kavanaugh and Roberts, swung to the left and then they supported the uh, uh, CMS mandate. And then for the uh, OSHA mandate, they swung back to the right and they supported uh, banning the uh, mandate for large businesses over a hundred people. Does that make sense to you though? Why what? ban it for large businesses and then. And not small not? businesses. Yeah. The only reason they did that is because small businesses would complain that we're going to lose employees. And then they say, well, big businesses they can absorb it. Well, big businesses cannot absorb it. We know that because we've seen letter. We've seen hospitals um, change their mind. Yeah. Due to 
Yeah. Due to the lack of employees I mean, they state, that were... They didn't state that, but that's my assumption is they knew politically it would be harder for them to... <clears throat> now, that's not to say if this went through that they would not they would not come around the next time and force small businesses too. I'm sure that was like, mm-hmm. you know, stage two. Usually when you're, you know, trying to take over something, you don't stop at your first goal. You keep going and going. So that may have been their second goal. Well, I don't know. I know that um, hospitals have... Um, <clears throat> I've fallen back on requiring it, requiring the vaccine but because the vac- of the short, um, because of the uh, staffing issues. The vaccine. Some of some of us out here were not aware of this, but now Bill Gates has spoken. And the vaccine, according to Bill Gates, um, this is this is this is quite shocking. This is from the Blaze. It says Bill Gates says COVID nineteen vaccines quote still allow infections and their quote duration appears to be limited. Wow. Bill Gates. Dr. Gates, I mean, none of us knew that beforehand. None of us even thought about that. Thank God Bill Gates is there. I had no idea. It says, when asked what sort of advancement would help end the coronavirus pandemic, ultra-wealthy Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates noted that people who have been vaccinated against COVID-19 can still catch, catch the illness and that the vaccines seem to be limited in their longevity. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that millions of people already that's knew that why, because they're vaccinated and they've had COVID. And then that's why most a lot of people didn't want to be a, a mandate. I mean, but so so if Bill Gates thinks it, then suddenly it's okay. It's okay to print this same thing. I don't know who is talking to here, Bill Gates, but this same thing. If he had if he was not Bill Gates, and if he had said this on Twitter, for instance. And if he was not of well, the right persuasion, he would have been banned. Yeah, he did. From tweet misinformation. That. Apparently he did tweet that, though, right? Yeah, so here he is. He's tweeting this. This is the same stuff that uh, Alex Berenson was banned from Twitter for. Mm-hmm. And it actually has a lawsuit now. It's so funny that the things that we think about now, if you wait long enough, a lot of times the, 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 the truth comes out. In due time, it does. Yes. He says, the vaccines we have prevent severe disease and death very well, but they are missing two key things. First, they still allow infections, quote, breakthrough, and the duration appears to be limited. We need vaccines that prevent reinfection and have many years of durations. Well, no crap, because that's what most people (laughs) wanted, and that's why they didn't get the vaccine, because they didn't think it did necessarily what you uh, have now come to realization that it doesn't do. Right. we figured that, I mean, we figured it anyway. Uh, from the very is, beginning, we felt like COVID vaccine is going to most likely be like the flu vaccine. Right, and which is now what they're saying. Right. Every year, every year so you're going to get... Uh, right. Back to the whole point. All this turmoil they caused, people losing their jobs, people having stress about losing their jobs, people you know, wondering what's, what's going to happen. All that was for nothing. Because now Bill Gates has spoke. Bill Gates has let us know now it's okay. It's okay, according to Bill Gates, to, to question the vaccine efficacy. Whereas before, like I said, it would have been you would have been banned from private or uh, from a polite company. Back to the you know vaccine. This is kind of interesting. This is uh, from the Blaze as well. It says Canadian lawyer hospitalized for vaccine related heart ailment. Quote: I accept my role as collateral damage for the vaccine rollout. He even got a booster. Um, this is the lawyer that ended up with pericarditis. Right. It says, good, uh, this is, this is uh, Adam Goodman, a Toronto-based lawyer. At a medical checkup, it revealed that the muscle pain that he had been experiencing in his neck and in his chest 
was actually pericarditis. This was after he got his uh, second COVID, uh, Pfizer shot. Pericarditis, inflammation of the lining around the heart, and quote, one of the two potential significant side effects associated with mRNA vaccines, he said. The other significant side effect is myocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart itself, Goodman wrote. And but, but um, he could not be dissuaded. Right. <laughs> so he goes, this is, uh, he goes, because I thought I was experiencing muscle pain, I let the pericarditis go too long without treatment. Brave man. As a result, I experienced a dangerous squeezing of the heart called tamponade. Now, that's not just necessarily dangerous squeezing of the heart. That's like you're about to die. Mm-hmm. Tamponade is like you're going to die. Uh, that next step is you're dying. I spent five days in the hospital recovering with the help of a crack team of cardiologists, nurses, and pharmacists, blah, blah, blah. Heavy dose of anti-inflammatory drugs. And then he says, I accept my role as collateral damage of the vaccine rollout, he added in his op-ed. Previous generations were asked to undertake far greater risk for the protection of society, including being drafted for war. The vaccines are our civic duty. And he says, Goodman declared that they use, quote, for vaccine opponents... And when he says vaccine opponents, he means people who oppose mandatory vaccination. That mm-hmm. counts as a vaccine opponent. Not someone who says, we're going to go ban vaccines and mRNA shouldn't be allowed to be injected into your body because it's like a GMO and GMOs are bad, then these got to be even worse. Not those people. If you, if you dare to um, question mandatory vaccine, you're a vaccine opponent. Mm-hmm. And he goes, they use, quote, absolutely false conspiracy-laden arguments and called them, quote, clearly a lost clause, cause, embracing an anti-science and anti-truth ideology with a fervor rarely, rarely, since, rarely seen since the advent of the Enlightenment. Well, he needs to talk to uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> Maybe Bill Gates and, Don, and this uh, Goodman, they need to get together because I'm sure they're on the both sides, the same side of the aisle politically. It's funny, though. What's, what, um, I would like for him to give an example of the um, conspiracy theorists um, their ideas, what they've said, what they said. Yeah. What is it, it about the vaccine? Oh, uh, well, probably. well, they've said because conspiracy theorists, you know, oh, it can cause heart disease, right? Or it can cause uh, myocarditis. Which you have. Um, you can have. Uh, you can still get COVID. You can still yes. end up hospitalized. Yes. And you, we know that some people might end up dying, even though that they have been vaccinated. Yes. So, what is he saying? I bet um, you what he'd say is. Well, he would he he'd do the typical thing you do with a straw man argument is you have an opponent and then you're you're here and you use uh, something that's not related to your opponent but tag them with that with that and then call them a conspiracy theorist thereby debunking their whole argument so all those arguments you just made potential side effects cardiac myocarditis pericarditis uh, all those things if you, uh, you then lump them in to say and they think it's going to track you. And they think that oh, right. and the, that the ma- UN the magnet, is, yeah, the yeah. magnet that people said. So then that, what uh, they do is they bring all this stuff in here to discredit your, your basic right. argument and say, you're just one of those people. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't, you think that the vaccine can cause pericarditis or you think the vaccine doesn't work. You're Bill Gates and you think the vaccine doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You must also then therefore think that you have a tracker in your body. You're just a conspiracy right. theorist. And so people don't want to be called that because they don't want to be seen as Looney Tunes. So they're just like, eh, okay, whatever. Well, what's interesting is he got another vaccine. Yeah, then he got the booster. But he, he hedged his bets because <laughs> I don't blame him. Uh, he says, I, okay, he goes, I, this is the lawyer. I, I believe the positives of the vaccine greatly outweigh the negatives and that his full children are fully vaccinated. 
Plus, Goodman said he, quote, received a booster shot a few days ago. So far, I'm feeling okay. Instead of an mRNA vaccine, I took the Johnson & Johnson shot, which is a viral vector vaccine associated less with pericarditis. Yeah. I think this he's he a brave his man. He's, 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 got, he's got what they call uh, brass ones, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Big brass ones. <laughs> yeah, he's brave for, for sure. This is funny. This is that's no, funny. This is kind of, well... It is what it is. Here it is. This is from Breitbart. India, 11 times vaxxed man threatens to kill himself if prosecuted. An 84-year-old Indian man who allegedly received 11 doses of Chinese coronavirus vaccines over the past year by using multiple ID cards assigned to him has threatened to commit suicide if prosecuted for misleading the Indian Health Service. This is I'm surprised he's alive. (laughs) The Times of India reported. Well, not only alive, this is what he had to say. Uh, This from New York Times Twitter. An 85-year-old retired postman in India says he has gotten 12 COVID vaccine shots and still wants more. He believes the doses healed many of his ailments. Quote, my backache has improved, my general weakness improved, and my appetite improved, he said. Good God bless him. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe, you know, it's like like when Viagra was first made, it was a drug for uh, angina, or that's what they were Mm. developing it for. And then they realized all these guys were walking around, like, bumping into things. And you're like, (laughs) what is this? So maybe this will we'll end up with the uh, the COVID vaccine is actually like a stimulant for people who need to gain weight and, and help back. Maybe and they'll be getting mRNA COVID shots so your back feels better and you and you eat more. <laughs> Jeez, but yeah, he's gonna kill himself if they prosecute him. That's, so they, you know, like I said, this guy should not be forced to not get the vaccine. I, I I'll allow him to get the COVID shot. I mean, eleven times is a little. Crazy, it's a little, but it's a little excessive. But, but if you also said he didn't want to get it, I'm okay with that. <laughs> this is a sad story. Kind of has a happy ending. This is in the Breitbart, and mostly everybody saw this a famous picture of the baby being lifted yeah. over the wall after uh, after Biden's uh, uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, it says, uh, "Sohil Amadi, the infant handed over on a barricade to American soldiers during the chaos at Kabul airport in August in a famous viral photograph, was reunited with his relatives in Kabul on Saturday. So we read about that recently where you, been, you just told me about it. He was missing. Well, I've been, I've been following it. Yeah. And I did mention to you a couple weeks ago, you know, they still have not found that little baby. So his parents handed him over the wall to soldiers and they were hoping to be reunited with him within, you know, maybe 30 minutes. They were just, they needed to get through too, but they were afraid of him getting, getting crushed. Yeah, they were afraid he was going to get crushed. So once they got to the other side, their baby was no longer, the baby was gone. Awful. Well, it says, according, uh, according to Reuters, Saloy Almaty was only two months old when he was handed over the barricades by his parents, who were among the thousands of people desperately attempting to get into Hamad Karzai International Airport to escape from the Taliban advance. Uh, somehow, somehow, Sohil wound up lying on the ground at the airport where his cries were heard by a 29-year-old Kabul taxi driver named Hamid Saifi, who just managed to slip his brother's family's past the gates for an evacuation flight. Saifi said he tried to locate the baby's family, and when his efforts were unsuccessful, he took Sohil home with him and his wife and three daughters, renaming him Muhammad Abed. After Reuters ran a story about the missing child in November, some of Safi's neighbors recognized a boy in photos of his newly enlarged mm-hmm. family. Of his new enlarged family, Safi posted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's this little baby. I'm just going to take him home. Yeah. I, I wonder how hard he looked. Well, I don't know. It's probably pretty crazy. 
I mean, I know. I'm sure it's really chaotic, but military personnel was everywhere. Well, at least he didn't throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> that is true. Like yeah. that. Yeah. And the baby looks healthy. They took yeah. care of him as their own, as their son. But then yeah. they, they didn't want to. They didn't give want him to back. at first. They didn't want to give him back. They said, uh, "What did they say? This is kind of sad." It says, "I felt this is the the the, fem- the wife. I felt <clears throat> felt responsible for him like a mother. He used to wake up a lot at night. Now when I wake up, he's not there. It makes me cry." Safi's wife, Famira, said. Yeah, Fair I mean, also. in the end, it's a it's a happy ending. Yeah, they brought him some stuff. So here's here's some of the things they got. Rawazi, this is the guy who was. So this is the baby's grandfather was sent and to go get the baby because mm-hmm. his parents are here. His parents are here, but the rest of his family. Yeah, so the grandfather was there. sent. So the grandfather was, was, was Rawazi. Rawazi says he traveled two days and two nights and the, to the capital bearing gifts, including a slaughtered sheep, several pounds of walnuts and clothing for Safi and his family. Mm-hmm. So this dude was like backpacking with a sheep, yeah. walnuts. <laughs> And then he gets there, and they're like, "You can't have the baby." Yeah, we want he's him. Like, he's he's our only son. He's like, <laughs> oh, because yeah. I think they because had they the... had three girls then, right? Yeah, it's, it's sad, but it's it's nice that thank God he's not, you know, something yeah. bad happened like that piece of garbage uh, lady who uh, apparently threw her yeah. newborn baby into the dumpster. Yes. This is in a state where, like you said, you can go to a fire department and just say, "Here's a baby," right? No questions asked. Nothing. Right, just leave the baby and go. But this animal. Yeah. So, and it turns out there's more to this story than this 18-year-old is originally said. So, she claimed that uh, the day before uh, she delivered, she had found out she was pregnant. So, she didn't know until the day before. And then she gave birth in her parents' bathroom. And then she panicked. And what do you do when you panic? You just... You throw babies in the garbage can. Yeah. You, uh, she wrapped the baby in a bag. And then wrapped the baby in another bag. A safer double bagging, like when we go to the grocery store. And then, uh, you know, and then if, if anyone has seen the video yeah. of her throwing the baby. She tosses it in there she, like it's garbage. Yes. So there is nothing loving about it whatsoever. And, of course, think some dumpster divers. Yes, yeah, six hours later. Yes, found the baby. The baby was hypothermic. Um, baby needed a blood transfusion, feeding tube. and But it turns out the father... The grandfather of the father yeah. um, has came forth and said, I want a baby. I uh, want we want the baby. We were told, she told my son, my 16-year-old son, who's the father, that she miscarried. Yeah. So it was not a secret. She knew she was pregnant. Classmates knew she was pregnant. And um, so w- this is premeditated, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's a happy ending. Uh, she was subsequently released the next day on $10,000 bond. Because, yeah, why not? Of course. They'll probably end up, what they'll end up doing is they'll have some type of government program to get her back with her child. You know, so maybe hope- maybe send her some counseling classes, maybe teach her a little bit about, you know, they'll have a first <laughs> class. And they'll be like, you know, your baby, you, sh- you probably shouldn't throw them in dumpsters, but we can't blame you for that. We understand you're stressed out. You know, here's some money. Here's, you know, here's, here's some Here's some, I uh, think that very well could be the case if the family was not involved, the father. Yeah. But the grandfather is adamant about getting his grandson. So they're going, they've already hired a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and this woman should go to prison for attempted murder. Yes. Right now, she's being charged for attempted murder and uh, child endangerment. My, predi- my, silly. Pre- my pre- prediction is that 
few weeks when everything, nobody even knows what happened. This is gone. This is vanished, you know, from the news. Drive-by media is no longer on this. What's going to happen is the DA or whoever's in charge of prosecuting is going to come out and they're going to say, um, we need to, you know, figure out how to help her. Uh, it does her no good to go to prison. She really didn't mean it. She's recanted since then. She actually wants her baby back. She should not go to prison. We'll get her some counseling. She's going to have probation. She's going to be on house arrest at a halfway house and for six months. And Yeah, I mean, you do hear stories about that all the time where children are abused and um, they are in foster care for about six months, a year, and then they're reunited with their mother or the father, whoever, same person that abused them. And then, guess what? They're killed. I know. Their that family one little boy, them. I forgot where it was, but... I don't even like to talk about it, but two years old, who's with the family, they took the baby from the family because they wanted to reunite him with his mother, who was a garbage animal, who promptly killed the child because he was crying too much, slamming him against a wall. And then he had a seizure for a prolonged period of time. Then she put him in the woods. And then she says, oh, he's missing. Yeah. He's I, missing. I don't know about that story. I don't remember. I'm sure oh, I did. Well, you, I'm you, sure I'm I did because don't. I... I do follow missing children's and um, I'm always reading about children missing or children being abused. I don't know why I'm, I just feel like maybe I need to, you know, I want to read about all these kids because maybe we'll recognize, you know, maybe, yeah. I don't know, might just recognize a child that's missing. But um, yeah, sometimes uh, the stories are very sad. But those people, man, that's, that's if, if you don't think that evil walks the earth, uh, I think those, those stories have to tell you that evil walks the earth. At the same time, you'll find someone very quickly on social media who will say, it's not that society did it. If it wasn't for all of the uh, you know, societal pressures that forced them to throw their baby against the wall or throw them in the garbage can. And if we just had a few more government programs, this would have never happened. And that's what we need to focus on, more government programs. Yeah, I know people think that way. Um, this mother, you know, she quit school in December, too. So she quit school in December. I'm sure because... She was like gravid. Yeah. She, yeah. I mean, she's going to be delivering any time. Yeah. Sure, she's, you know, well, having um, some uh, contractions. She should have just traveled to New Jersey. You know, the thing is, she could have went to the hospital, gave birth, and then just left the hospital. Well, she could have done that. baby. Or, or she could have gone to New Jersey, where Phil Murphy's the governor, who either signed or is going to sign legislation that allows abortion up to the time of birth. Yeah, I know. And I didn't read about. She could that have done any. that, and then they could have. And then the baby would have never been born. It would have been a, a, a what is it, blob of tissue that they would have just executed shortly before uh, the due date. Now you probably have to be a resident of New Jersey. I doubt it. I think they'd make exception. It's probably like a, you know, getting across the border. You get across the border and you have a baby. Boom, you're done. <clears throat> the baby is American citizen. Same thing is probably you want to come in here and get an abortion. You're across. You get an abortion. Yeah, people probably don't. How many know months that. are you? Nine months. People Load probably. I mean, well, I know a lot of people do know it, but yes, if you are, um, if you're coming across the border illegally and you are pregnant, yes, and you give birth in the United States, guess what? Your baby is a citizen. Same thing happens in China and Iran. <laughs> interestingly enough, uh, there's story about uh, some. Uh, people who went into Iran demanding health care and demanding voting rights and, you know, we've never seen since, right? 
<laughs> they, were, they were taken in with open arms. Last time we saw them, the mullahs had them. So I'm sure they're fine. This yeah, is, well, when I worked at the Department of Health, I remember a, a particular story. And I, and I have, uh, I think I told you about it. The mother who, um, her husband um, lived in Mexico. And she yes. lived in Mexico. She was a U.S. citizen, but she lived in Mexico. She would come. With her husband because he was not allowed here in the United States because he was a criminal. And, uh, you know, he was not a citizen. And um, so she would, this is, uh, she was pregnant with her fourth child. So she flat out told me, I come here. Um, and do my pregnancy in the United States, and I give birth to my child in the United States. Mm-hmm. My child is a citizen, and then we go back to Mexico and live. Yeah. So she's on Medicaid, and um, you know, here she was in Florida, and um, so we paid for everything. Taxpayers paid for everything, and then she went back to Mexico and lived. And she's done it multiple times. Four times. Well. This is just one person, you know, that, that told me this story. There used I, to be a time when you came to the United States to be an American. There used to be a time. And there are people still do that, obviously. A lot of people, too, come to America to get what they can get. They're here mm-hmm. to rape rape and pillage, they were, or metaphorically, whatever they can get. Free stuff, whatever. Actually despise America. You know, people like uh, Ilan Omar, they hate America. She's here. She, she's a congresswoman. She hates America. Mm-hmm. She hates America the way it is now. Now, if they could completely destroy it, do a great reset, and have a socialist utopia uh, along the lines of uh, what Pol Pot had or uh, Mao or, or Joseph Stalin, then they'd be cool with that. But as it stands, the, she, she and people like her, uh, they hate America. And they came here for what? Just to destroy Oh, well, this is interesting. This is uh, from Blaze. It says, after getting slapped in the face with reality following massive minimum wage hike, a city council finally gets its act together. If you were an employer in Portland, Maine, you were likely not ringing in the new year with as much gusto as the rest of the country. At 12.01 on January 1, the minimum wage in Portland jumped to 19.50 per hour, up from 12.15 the day before. That's crazy. Jesus. How will small businesses pay... Well, that's interesting because it says the Portland Regional Chamber of Commerce made its voice heard, telling its members to let city council know what they thought. Quote, large chains will be able to absorb the cost of a $19.50 minimum wage, but small businesses in Portland will not be able to absorb these costs without direct increases in prices or cuts to services and staff. This strikes directly at our local economic self-reliance and makes it just that much harder for local organizations to compete. You know, a lot of that is, is true. And the large chains will absorb it because they know that that's an investment. Mm -hmm. That's basically an investment because it's kind of like during the pandemic, the large chains, you know, did all this COVID mitigation, this, that, and the other, and they were allowed to stay open. And then all these mom and pops went out of business. And then guess what? Their market share increased. Same thing in Portland, Maine. Walmart's probably going to still be running in Portland, Maine. Oh, I'm sure. But every other small business that, Supply some of the things Walmart does will even further be right. Well, we know Walmart, Target, you know, all like you said, all these large chains they they stayed open. Um, they had essential employees, and then yes, the small mom and pop places closed down. My sister was, uh, you know, my sister does marketing for the pizza place or used to in Zephyr Hills, and he closed down because right. of COVID. And uh, she was she was at Manola's. 
when uh, police came in right. and wanted to make sure that he wasn't open, make sure that he because was... Because he was serving food. Well, and then the thing is, it's his business. He right. was making food for himself. Yes. He wasn't serving anyone. Yeah, he was, he was, he was making open. food for himself plus yes. like a friend. Well, my sister was there and yeah. her husband. But that was not, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, there was no, um, there was, it was not, um, you know, I'm going to pay for this food. Right, it was right. just casual. Yeah. And um, they were like, we're going to fine you. Oh, yeah. So this is a small business, but that would that did but, not happen at Walmart, which no. is, you know, two miles down the street no. from him. No, it did not happen at, at Walmart. didn't happen at, at Target, Home Depot, um, you know. Well, all those businesses did great. Yeah, they did do great. They actually, I was reading, said the billionaires, whoever they are, probably there's a certain number of them in America, increased their wealth. Yes, by two hundred and forty yeah. billion dollars. Bill Gates was one of those people they talked about. Oh yeah, Bill Gates made a lot. Of he money. had a he had a bad year. He had a bad. Well, he said he had a bad year. You know, he said, yeah. "I'm not. I'm immune to this. Everybody has a bad year." Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, watching this show now everybody's watching it probably we're 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 closing in on end of it which is sad but yellowstone i don't want to end man yellowstone if y'all haven't seen that if you're interested in something that's kind of like i say it's like a cross between dallas and the sopranos well i don't remember i never watched dallas i didn't either but i know it's kind of like about texas and Mm. families and feuds Mm. and things so it's like that yeah but it's also about Sending people to the train station when they when their time's up. A lot of people go to the train station. A lot of people. And I mean, it's a great series. Kevin Costner's an executive producer. It's uh, written largely by Taylor Sheridan, who is uh, writing this with or created with Art Vinson, who is the creator of Sons of Anarchy. And Taylor Sheridan, if you're familiar with the movie Hell or High Water, that's his movie. He did the screenplay. I'm not sure if he directed it, but he I've did the never, screenplay. I've not seen it. Hell or High Water, we saw it. We did. <laughs> Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner. Oh, yes. And they're yes, chasing Bonnie right. and Clyde. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Yellowstone is awesome. It's, like I said, it's like a cross between, to me, like, you know, one of these uh, 80s Western soap operas and uh, The Sopranos. Yeah. And so, Yellowstone, there's four seasons. And then... I don't know if now there's, there's be a fifth 1883. Season. Oh, will there be a fifth season? I, I read, don't know. I read this is what I read. I read that they plan on there being six seasons. That's awesome. Yeah. But yes, there's a prequel which is 1883 with Faith Hill and Tim right. McGraw. So the the Yellowstone's about the Dutton family who has this massive Yellowstone ranch in uh, Montana, and the story is has been in his family for like what. Six generations, or I forgot how many generations. Well, since 1883. So. Yeah. So, and, it, it, and it, that's kind of like building during the whole time is he's like saying, I have to protect this. This is my family's legacy. This is my father's dying wish was I'd keep the ranch. It's 230,000 acres. Yeah. All these pressures are around them trying to buy up the ranch and convert it, make it into like, you know, Boulder, Colorado. Wesley Chapel. Or Wesley Chapel. <laughs> or Wesley Chapel. <laughs> and, uh, but then he, then they kind of allude to this past about how all this has, you know, been building. And then you go back, and they have a few um, flashbacks with uh, his, I think it's his great great grandfather, maybe even farther back. But anyway, it's, it's played by Tim McGraw. Yeah, it's eighteen eighty six, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, that would have to be uh, Kevin Costner's his. Well, my my grandfather's grandfather 
was a, in the Civil War. So by, if you use those things, Kevin Costner's grandfather's father may have been in 1880s, if you're Kevin Costner's age. Yeah. So maybe it's his great-grandfather, or maybe it's his great-great. I don't know. Either way. Either way. 1883 is a prequel, which is now available. There's like three. I think there's three episodes. Yeah, but it comes out weekly. Obviously still filming, but um, I can't wait yeah. to watch it as well because I like. Um, Thank God for Yellowstone because that Dexter season, season Dexter New Blood, if you guys haven't seen that. Uh, if you are a fan of Dexter, don't watch it. There's no reason to watch it. You have to. If you you have to. If you are a fan of Dexter, if you won't, you have to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I well, was disappointed. I think this Dexter, this Dexter season, Dexter New Blood, uh, eight years after the end of the original Dexter, which ended on people think a sour note with him sailing off into the hurricane and then becoming a lumberjack. Well, that was stupid. I think this new Dexter, it what it wants to do is make it seem like everything about the old Dexter that you liked was wrong for you to feel like. Because the, the original Dexter was a, 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 a serial killer who killed other serial killers. And so you would cheer when he would kill a, a child rapist. Or you would, you would cheer when he would uh, uh, kill someone who had evaded justice and was a bad person. But now the new Dexter is the reason to, to have the new Dexter is for them to show you Dexter is still a bad person. Because those people all deserve to live. And in the grand scheme of things, in the legal society, yes, they deserve to have a trial, blah, 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 blah. But this is a damn uh, TV show. At least have some... Yeah, I mean, it was definitely different than the original series. It was a lot of guilt about it. Overall, I mean, it was fine. I liked it enough. But there was definitely a lot of dragging out in scenes. Oh, yeah. They... They, they did not have enough to work with, is and, what happened. Yeah. It's, it's like Better Call Saul, like we talked yes. about. Breaking Bad compared to Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, they just don't have enough to work with. Yeah, we with. gave up they on have, Better Call Saul. They have like enough story for five minutes, and then they make it into 45 minutes. Whereas on like Dexter, the original Dexter, uh, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, Yellowstone, there's so much going on. It's just like right. 45 minutes is just jammed full right. of stuff. Right, when Yellowstone goes off, we're like... It's already over. Yeah. And then we're like, we got to do another episode. <laughs> yeah. We just, I think we did two episodes last night or three. Two, I think. Two. But so anyway, s- I feel like if you're a fan of Dexter, you should watch it. It's what? How many episodes? Eight? You mean nine? the new Dexter? I, yeah. The new season? Yeah. It's ten. Ten? Okay. Ne- Dexter New Blood. Okay. So ten, you know, do it. It's well, we did it. Ten we got, hours we out got, of your life. We got the special three ninety nine or four ninety nine a month. Uh, for three months and we used two of them and then we canceled Showtime. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know what? When I think about it, Dexter, the original series, the ending was terrible. It was. Okay, so... The, when the ending was terrible, I think that ending was better than this ending. The ending was terrible. At least... <laughs> so I guess you really should, you know, think, well, is, I mean, I don't know. The ending was bad, so this ending was bad, you know... I think uh, you should just stop watching probably... If not after season four, when Rita's killed, after season, after season five, it did get a little weird. Which season was uh, was it when Deb was having feelings for Dexter? Seven. Seven. That was weird. Uh, after Seven, that episode, and then eight, both of them. Yeah, she found out about him at the end of season six, the one where they had the the religious fanatic people mm-hmm. who were doing like the doomsday cult, whatever. 
that's when she he was killing that dude, Colin Hanks, when she saw him. And she's like, damn, he's a serial killer. Yeah. That's when she found out. And then the next season, she like fell in love with him. Her that brother. Was, that was weird. But they were actually married at one point in real life. Yeah. Which is also just throwing all kinds of different curveballs. Yeah, and they still have a friendly relationship, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, in this new series, she was just like on his butt all the yeah, time. Yeah, she was. She was too aggressive. Yeah, she towards, was yelling at him. She's an aggressive personality anyway in the yeah. in the series, yeah. but she was aggressive specifically to Dexter, right. like hateful. Yeah, and if people are watching, like how how was that? She's dead. Well, you'll have to watch and find out how yeah. she's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you should do it. It's ten hours, or not even ten hours, like forty yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I I. I personally don't like the season at all, and I wish it didn't exist. Anyway, well, we'll join you all guys next week. We'll uh, be back with more COVID news, I'm sure. This crap ain't going away. And then we'll also be back with probably some uh, more stuff about Yellowstone because Yellowstone, we'll be done with Yellowstone by then. So if you want to watch us on uh, YouTube or Rumble and then also listen to the podcast and then go to Dr. Tommy, D-O-C-T-O-R, Tommy.com. And you can join us. And if you're listening out there and you're in the Tampa area and you're just like, geez, I need a new doctor. That doctor sounds like a, up my alley. <laughs> then come on in. We'll, we'll, we'll have a chat. We'll treat you like family. And we'll do our, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll treat you like we treat all of our patients. So we'll uh, see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.